Da-dum. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. A societal war comes to a close, but not a serious one. More like one of those wars that didn't really accomplish anything, like the Cola Wars in the 80s, the War on Drugs, or Marvel Civil War. Today, Ryan and I discuss the final blows of the streaming wars, where Netflix, Disney+, Amazon Prime, and more finally start to slow down. From this long shot, you the... son of a bitch. <laughs> Ryan's still on that Civil War joke. <laughs> it's not written down here. He caught me off guard. <laughs> From this extreme long shot, we zoom into our medium shot. So, some context for what this is all about. It's been in the news a lot lately that the so-called streaming wars are starting to come to an end. It's been a good run for the last 10 years. Started with Netflix in the early 2010s, moving all their DVD mailing service to streaming, and they became a really big thing. If you haven't heard of Netflix, you're living under a rock, even if you don't know how to use it, which... You're also living under a rock if you don't know how to use it, but some people are tech-savvy. I digress. Maybe you're one of those people who still watches live TV shutters. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it started with Netflix. And then when that got successful, everybody who actually owned IPs that they could market was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I think I'm going to start a streaming service of my own. Because um, I can, and I own more than you do. Netflix, you don't own anything. We're just licensing it, basically, so you can use it. And Netflix is like, yeah, you're right, can't do anything about that. So then all these other streaming services started popping up. Uh, Disney Plus and Paramount Plus and HBO Max, most notably. Because they're owned by those companies that have owned everything forever. Warner Bros., Disney, Paramount. They start moving their libraries over. Netflix loses its licenses. Everyone starts getting into original content. That starts becoming a big thing, too. Uh, Netflix tried to spearhead that because, okay, we're getting rid of content. Uh, all these places are taking their licenses back. Okay, we got to compete with original content. Start pouring our hard-earned money into original shows. Big things people are going to like. Stuff like, what did they make? What well, was something like early Netflix that was huge, like House of Cards. Uh, House of Cards, that was the big first show. Was Orange is the New Black Netflix too? That was another big early That one. was Netflix too, but yeah. Uh, stuff, stuff I don't like, know how early that one is though. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. That was early Netflix in the streaming wars. And the other companies are like, oh yeah, yeah, we should make original stuff too. So then Disney Plus comes out the gate with stuff like The Mandalorian, WandaVision. They had to use their IPs. Tramp. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was a day one thing as well. High School Musical, the, the series. The live action related Tramp. High School Musical, the musical, the series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they did what they could. But, yeah, so they just kept building up. <laughs> <laughs> so they just kept building up and up and up and up and up and spending way too much money on all this stuff. And now we're at a point where they're spending more money on shows than they're making back. And uh, things are starting to fall apart all around. 
So we're into our close-up now. Let's discuss some of this stuff. Uh, a lot of this idea, the idea for this show came about just this morning, really, uh, when I was talking to Justin uh, about, he's very... He's our idea guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we need an idea. And he's for the like, months of January and February, he's our idea guy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I-, I need an idea. And he's like, oh, well, do you hear Netflix is effectively doubling their prices and getting rid of password sharing? I'm like, oh, I thought they, I thought they walked that back. They announced they were going to do password sharing fees, and then they went on Twitter and were like, um, actually, uh, you bullied us, so we don't want to do that anymore. But then they did it in Canada anyway, because dicks. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's only, like, what, a thousand people up here? Because it's so cold, and we're all in our igloos. The only people who can afford anything are in Toronto, so... Yeah, that's, like, not enough people to be worth it. No. It's not, like, 30 million people packed into one city. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just a couple million. That barely scratches the surface. Yeah, so Netflix, they're getting rid of password sharing, which is something they've had from the start. Uh, CBC reports that Netflix has roughly 250 million paying customers around the world, and the company says about 100 million of them currently share passwords. So that's about half of Netflix users nearly share passwords. And Netflix is putting, is going to be putting in this thing where you can only share passwords just with one person and it's going to be an extra eight bucks a month. What a rip. So here's the thing. Yeah. So here's the thing with the Netflix uh, sharing password. You can still, I think, share it if as long as you uh, connect to the home Wi-Fi every 35 days. I think that's the thing. And then there's another um, stipulation of it as well. But like this whole thing is like, do they not realize this is the whole market for streaming? Is that it? it's on one account and then there's family plans? I bet you most of the Netflix accounts are families. Like, especially with me, I'm still on my family Netflix account and they are all in Kingston. Me too. They yeah. all live in the same house, but I can, and I live here. So what now I have to go on vacation every 35 days in order to use Netflix. No. Do they not realize most families are spread apart by work, college, you know, different, like different lives. It's just easier to have it all in one family plan. Yeah. Out of all the streaming services that are the major ones up in Canada, the, the four ones that I've got anyway are uh, Netflix, Crave, Amazon Prime, and uh, what's the fourth? Netflix, Crave, Amazon Prime, and Disney Plus. And out of those four, I only pay for one. My family pays for the other three. I just use them. Password sharing Same. is just how the game goes. And I, yeah, I, share, and I share the password for my one with, uh, with friends and family too. It's... Like, that's just how it's done. People buy one and then they give it to, like, three other people or more. It just seems like it just seems like they're trying to compensate for all the losses that they've had over the years. It's 100 percent. And they're trying to, like, they're trying to just, like, get more money out of it. And it's just it's there's nothing more to it than besides greed. That's what I see out of this. That's literally what it is. I'll tell you what I also see. Oh, we're only getting. 250 million of our users or something like that. That's a lot of fucking users. That's a lot of dollars. Maybe if you stop canceling shows after the first fucking season, 
it wouldn't drive people away from Netflix. We are going to get into that. You say you see greed, I see desperation. Because they... Yeah. And we'll, that ties in nicely to the first, uh, to what you were just saying there, because part of the reason they're in this position in the first place is because they have a terrible business plan. It's, it's well known that Netflix loves green lighting just about anything it feels like. Mm-hmm. They'll make first seasons out of just about any show, but if it doesn't do Stranger Things levels of numbers within the first week, which to be clear, we don't know how things do because their rating system has always been notoriously secret, but if it doesn't do what Netflix deems Stranger Things levels, which is kind of just their benchmark for high uh the, the television um they cancel it and so 90 something probably 90 percent of their shows get canceled maybe it's even 99 i don't know it's i feel like every show that's on netflix basically just gets canned if a show gets renewed for season two it's a miracle but the problem is yeah a lot of these first seasons are really good but they also don't stand alone they're made with the idea in mind that they will get a renewal, so a lot of them end on cliffhangers, or they're half of a of a series that Netflix said they would do more. Like Justin was just showing me one the other day. Netflix said they could do more. So season two ended on a cliffhanger, and then they canned it halfway through. And it's, it's, it's so just, many like Yeah, it's... It sucks, and they've, like, d- dug themselves into even into a bigger hole when they said, we've never canceled something that uh, wasn't successful and they kept and then they just got flooded with tweets of like all the potential successful shows they would have had if like if they didn't cancel it like true detective is one even though david um fincher was like i don't really i'm not in a hurry to make season three but they never pushed him to make a season three yeah you know there's um i think people kind of liked the live action um Oh, what was it? Not Jojo Bizarre's Adventure. Maybe that's what is what it is. Maybe they, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Something live action from anime. People really enjoyed. Oh, was and it? And just uh, so many different shoot. About Cowboy Bebop? It's Cowboy Bebop, that's what it is. My bad. I'm thinking of a yeah, I was thinking of a completely different anime. But they did that. I've heard like decent things about that. But there's just so many examples where like, no, you you just didn't deem it successful. You know what the funny thing about all that, though, is that it ends up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Not enough people watch your shows when they first come out. So Netflix is like, oh, uh, we, should, we should cancel them then. And then people are like, what you, the people who did like the stuff were like, you canceled my new favorite show after one season. So, like, I can't trust yeah. Netflix. I I will watch any Netflix shows and then unless I know they're going to get renewed for a season two. So then they don't watch Mm -hmm. the new shows Netflix puts out. Netflix keeps canceling. So it just keeps going in this positive feedback loop. I didn't watch Stranger Things until season two came out. Maybe I didn't watch it till season. And this is before they. Yeah, it was season two or three. I don't even remember. I came on late. But the point is they had this negative feedback, this positive feedback loop where it's just, you don't watch the shows. So they cancel the shows and then you develop trust issues because they cancel the shows. So you don't watch the next shows. Whereas if they just kept it 
think certain things going with the niche audience, it would build naturally because that's just how TV is supposed to work. You're not supposed to get through mm-hmm. entire shows in one weekend. That's not a good measure for success. It's about the long-term organic growth of shows. Like a movie that bombs immediately, that's bad. Like movies in theaters yeah. that bomb on opening weekend, that's a bad indicator. But TV shows are almost never successes immediately, even if you drop everything all at once. The, like TV shows find their audience with time. This might be a bit of a hot take, but I think every show at least deserves to have a second season because, like you said, I don't think a lot of shows really find their ground until the second or even the third season. So I think every show at least deserves to have like a second chance to make themselves better or to make up for what happened in the season prior. I will because look what happened with Firefly, right? Yes, that was only like one season, and then this this huge cult following, and then it finally had a movie. But imagine how successful Firefly would have been. And Firefly is a unique case because they, Fox did, I think it was Fox that produced it. They did basically everything they could mm-hmm. to screw that show over. I heard they even aired episodes out of order at the time. Oh my God. Like that's how little they, like they cut the season after 14 episodes. That wasn't even a full season run at the time. Like nowadays that would be, but a full season was like 22 to 24 episodes back then. Yeah, 22, yeah. It didn't even get its full season because it did so bad in the ratings. And I do agree with you that most shows should get season two. Business side of me says, unless they're abject failures, if like, if the ratings show that- Like Velma. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, that show actually got renewed for a season two because enough people hate watched it. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. And enough people watch the show. They, they hate watch it, but people were watching that show is the thing. Uh, the system worked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, unless it's an absolute failure by rating standards, and I'm not talking Netflix standards because they're way too harsh, but unless nobody's watching the show, let it grow a little bit. Most shows I like mm-hmm. pretty much go one of two ways, I'll tell you. They're, the first season is either a solid introduction, but not as good as it would become. In any long-running show, does anyone say season one was the best one? Rarely. Other way it goes. Season one was a fantastic idea start to finish, and it should never have had any more. And then it goes to a season two, and it's garbage from then on. Or it's like you're just hanging by a thread. Maybe enough to get you a season two. And then you just keep going and run into the ground. Imagine if if Netflix produced Breaking Bad, right? And it was just those first seven episodes. I bet you... It wouldn't have gotten more than that. All the money I have. No way. Yeah, it wouldn't have gotten more than that. It's like, okay, this was a really cool niche one-off season, but I'm missing more from it. They didn't... And then... Again, you could argue season two and season three were probably the best of that show. Not a lot of people were talking about Breaking Bad until around, season or at least three or in four. Our show, we were in high school. Yeah. yeah, three, four, even five. Like everybody was getting hyped in our high school about the season finale of Breaking Bad. I didn't watch it until years later, if I'm going to be honest with you, because I didn't really know about it. I feel like but, human uh, shows like-, like there's there's no way there's no way they would have gone past season one. I feel like if even a show like uh, like Game of Thrones didn't take off right away. I don't remember people talking no, about Game of Thrones until like three or three four. Or four yeah. yeah, 
Can you imagine if that was on Netflix? They'd have canceled Game of Thrones before it even got a season two. And I don't know how season one is. I'm sure it's perfectly phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah, but nobody was talking about it. By Netflix standards, season one of Game of Thrones is a failure. And it never would have. (sighs) So it's so funny. It's in it's in one of your notes here, but uh, like Netflix has nothing, nothing new anymore. All it is, it's either sequels of past stuff that they've done, even like sequel series such as Stranger Things. Yes. And um, I'm sure there's another show that I'm forgetting about. Like, all I can think is what they have now is Stranger Things. They have The Witcher. Or too. they're just the really. Witcher's good. another one they're trying to the make. Witcher. Them. There you go. And, um, or they're just really good at adapting from uh, other source material. Like the most, the one most recently I saw was, um, or we both saw, was All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. That's adapted from a well-known and well-loved novel, but just produced by one of the biggest streaming platforms um, there is. So that's why it has this high quality. Netflix is pretty liberal with their money. They take a lot of big swings sometimes, and sometimes mm-hmm. that pays off. And I think that's why... Their movies get such acclaim, the ones that hit anyway. Some of them go on to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, whereas their TV shows aren't, are lucky to even get a season two. You, may, you pour enough yeah. money into one good movie, like you, you can find a lot of success there. Movies are short, they're two hours long, good word of mouth, that can spread pretty quickly. So even by their metrics, a movie is pretty easy to make popular. TV shows, mm-hmm. if you're not hooked in by the first couple episodes or it's not in your niche, it takes a while to slow burn. TV is a lot tougher to find its audience than a, than any kind of movie. Any movie you'll find its oh, niche sure. quicker. So that's why, but they're also more, TV shows are also long-running ones, especially the ones Netflix does, are also more expensive. Like, Mm-hmm. You think The Witcher is a cheap show to make? Hell no. They're probably putting absolutely not. They're probably putting movie level budgets into the, something like The Witcher, and if it fails, well, yeah, they're not going to waste that much for season two or mo- more or all these spinoff shows. So I get it. Fifty million per episode. So what was it like? Ten, thirteen episodes. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And for just comparison, um, Game of Thrones was roughly, except for like the last few seasons, was like six to eight million. So almost half more or double, I should say. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. I love, I love breaking down like movie and film and uh, TV budgets where it's like, Huh, ten million's not that much. But then, like when you look from the outside, like no, ten million dollars is so much money. <laughs> That's quite a lot. But like in term in terms of film and TV, it's actually sadly not that much. But I think that's the problem with a lot of these TV shows, and this is why the streaming wars are coming to a close, is because they're putting way too much money into it. You're you're trying to TV used to be mm-hmm. films cheap younger brother. You know, it wasn't always the best, but when plots were good and people gave a crap behind the camera, you could do 
something special, but it was always cheaper. The mm-hmm. sets were cheaper. You usually had to film in actual locations. Um, there was a there was just a more gritty vibe to it in a way. Or even the sitcommy stuff. You had like just a couple sets, three camera setups. It was simple. But nowadays, everything needs to look cinematic. You're pouring movie-level budgets into TV shows that might not take off. And mm-hmm. a lot of them don't. So they're, they're losing more money than they can afford to. Because TV is more expensive than ever, I think. I don't think TV shows have ever been so expensive across the board. Every new show is trying to be the next blockbuster no. TV show. I mean, look at... This is quite a turn here, but Amazon's Reigns of Power, I think the had the whole budget for that whole show was like $500 million or something like that. Yes. Just for like production alone, which is insane to think about. And they used the money well, not with the plot, but in terms of the production design, um, it's, 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 well, it's well used. But just the fact that that's being made for a TV show is like you you tell someone that 10 years ago they would not believe you i wouldn't believe it's ridiculous like yeah peter 715 million dollars could you look up quick how much so much money how much peter jackson's lord of the rings movies cost to make each just for a comparison here i'm just very curious on what that would be um Mm -hmm. I think it's a rule now when you're watching Lord of the Rings for uh, after you watch it the first time, you only watch the extended cuts. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> the extended cuts are superior. It's going to take you a lot longer, but uh, the three films were shot simultaneously in Jackson, native New Zealand, from, 11, from 99 to the year 2000, with some pickup shots from 2001 to 2003. Uh, was one of the biggest and most ambitious film projects ever taken with a budget of $281 million. Okay, which so is the, equivalent to 457 million today. So that's all. That's almost double. Or yeah, yeah. Just for the Lord but, of the Rings for, TV uh, show, for the first one, the first one, I guess technically, if you want to say, is 93 million US. Yeah. So this which, Lord of the Rings TV show <laughs> made today, which is far crappier, mind you. I haven't seen it, but I'm just going based on reputation. Is made by and me. Yeah, as just. <laughs> A ridiculous budget for what it for what it is like the the most some of the most cinematic movies like the most well crafted practical effects sets costumes intricate designs like I bet you the Lord of the Rings were like like they use their millions very wisely in those movies like you can see the money on that set like they don't make movies like that anymore because it would be too expensive to make a movie like lord of the rings now but you'll throw that money into something like rings of power a tv show you don't even know will be successful um like it's just like why are you making that gamble other than the fact you got too much money to blow and you think Lord like is Lord of the I Rings? That's what it is. <laughs> is Lord of the Rings really that valuable an IP that you're gonna make back a seven hundred and fifty million dollar budget on subscription services? I don't think Amazon Prime has that many subscribers. Uh I would argue just because it's Tolkien, uh, it does have that type of power, but it's just the way 
Rings of Power is a whole different podcast where you get into the like how it was made, why it was made, because they couldn't get all the rights for the age that they were talking about. They but they had to do some of the right. They got some of it. And it's kind of both half half and half Amazon's fault and the Tolkien estate's fault because they didn't the Tolkien estate sold their rights to a whole bunch of different productions. Yeah. So it's it's tough. But um I think I don't know if they've I don't know how you get your money back through streaming. If I'm being honest, maybe it's because when people are signing up for the streaming service, I don't know how it works, but 700 fucking million dollars for a streaming show sounds crazy. Now, however, I am excited since they put so much money into this that when they make the God of War TV show, I hope it's on the same level of quality. You'd hope. But yeah, Amazon Prime. The thing Cast about Christopher Judge as live action. Okay, sorry. <laughs> this is not a God of War podcast. <laughs> We've done enough episodes on God of War. It may as well be. Uh, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> there'll be more. There'll be more. Uh, I'm starting to play them now, so there'll be more. Uh, what was that point? Did you yeah, get past so... part yet? <laughs> what? Did you get past that one part yet? No, I don't, think I, pl- with? I don't think I've played it since. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so the... Yeah, Amazon Prime, I think, gets its subscriptions just from people who have Amazon Prime. It's not like they, mm. you get Prime yeah. Video with an Amazon Prime subscription. And Amazon obviously being the... Which is smart. ...big marketplace on the planet. Like, I don't even know what you'd call Amazon. Is it a marketplace? Is it a shipping company? Is it a retailer? I don't know what... It's an entity. <laughs> It's an entity. <laughs> Amazon is one of the biggest corporate entities on the planet. So to have Amazon Prime and you just get that video service along with it, a lot of people probably sign up for Prime and don't even use Amazon Prime Video. Like that's mm-hmm. so funny enough. It's very rarely funny enough that I've used Amazon uh, Prime Video. I've recently used it for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Which when... I have watched it, people, and I, it's phenomenal. Uh, watched Invincible, which is really good. Haven't watched The Boys yet. Uh, I will one day. And um, and then just like some random movies that I couldn't find on Netflix or Disney that were on there, so I just used it for for that. Yeah, but they're a little bit weird, right? Because they're like I said, they're they're getting most of their money from people just paying for Prime subscriptions. They don't even necessarily need to be on the st- so people who use the streaming service are paying them, but also people who don't use the streaming service are also funding it. So that one's a little bit weird. Yeah, it's a little weird because when you sign up, the way to get Prime Video is just to uh, get a Prime like, subscription. pay for Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah, that's just the way to do it. And then I also, I think how they're getting money as well is Amazon Prime, if they don't have the movie just on their streaming platform, you can just easily rent it from Amazon Prime. So in a way, they have, like, every movie on there, but I'll, for, like, most of them, you have to rent from it, I think. Yeah. So Prime is a little bit weird. It's hard to watch the, Mortal, the newer Mortal Kombat movie. Mm-hmm. So when, it, uh, when we were in the pandemic, the good times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so Amazon is, um, they have a, arguably a better source of revenue that way. All the other ones make you pay for these services directly, and the services just get worse all the time. Um, because they have a lot of the problem. I think, uh, is ex- the exclusive content. Like back in the day with mm-hmm. Netflix, they had everything. 
It was just like shows. Yeah. Netflix was the one-stop shop for any streaming needs. Any movie you wanted to watch, any TV show, new stuff, uh, original content like House of Cards, whatever. Netflix was the place. They had so much variety. And then all these places like Disney, HBO Max, and Paramount Plus started taking their IPs back. And yeah, sometimes they'll share old stuff. Like, for mm-hmm. example, Amazon Prime has um, stuff like Smallville, which, like, being a Superman fan, I've been looking for that oh. show. And I'm like, great, it's on Amazon Prime, which is a CW property, which is owned by Warner Bros. So you'd think something like that would be on HBO Max. Or, like, I'm also a fan of the Arrowverse, like, Flash and Supergirl are on Netflix. Yeah, I'm just, like, these CW shows are just off the top of my head, but, like, you'd think they'd all be on HBO Max, because that's who owns them. Yeah. But, like, old stuff, but stuff like that, you can find most places. But stuff that's, like, made for these streaming services stays on these streaming services. You're never going to find something like WandaVision on Netflix. That's not going to happen. And that's part of the problem it's it's like you they're very tight with the things they make they don't license them that was one of the weird things with i think uh the handmaid's tale was it was originally on hbo slash crave and then the newer like fifth season was exclusively on prime Mm. so i don't know if they bought the rights to handmaid's tale and then put them on prime because when i just looked up here all the seasons are now on prime and I don't know if they're all on Crave. But that was really interesting to me when I saw, because I distinctly remember it being uh, like used for advertising for Crave. So I wonder if like HBO canned it and then, um, uh, and then Prime was just like, we'll, we'll pick it up. That would make sense. HBO was going through that massive round of cancellations. That's on both. Oh. That's really strange. Maybe they're both doing production on it but that wouldn't make sense why would two competing streaming services yeah see amazon is weird though, maybe I should amazon, let me google this <laughs> amazon's one of the only ones i know that gets multiple things it that doesn't right. usually happen but i also think it helps that they like most of their stuff is available to rent you can rent the shows and movies there but they're not just a a part of your service, which may be a factor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one, one interesting thing about, um, I just want to note how these streaming services have always been kind of a pain in the ass anyway. Because say for example, like we're in Canada and in Canada, you can't yeah. find shows even with all these streaming services out there, the streaming wars were never that good in the first place because you still can't find shows and movies you want to watch, especially classics. Justin and I were just talking about this earlier, and we agreed if, if it's 1980s and back, good luck. You can find most things from the 90s yeah. to present, but like, if you're looking for a random movie or TV show from the 80s or back, pah, no way. Good luck. 
Oh yeah, they'll possible have. it's on Prime again, but then you have to rent it. Yeah, and I'm talking all the services here. Like out of all these streaming mm-hmm. services we have, their selection pre '90s is garbage. Their selection post '90s is better, but it's still not everything I want to watch. Also, a fun thing that they like to do with Canada, or just exclusively with America, is that there's HBO Max. It's called Crave here. There's Hulu. And it's technically stars here with the integration with uh, uh, Disney Plus. Mm. Or I don't know if it's stars. It's Yeah, it's something. No, it is stars. So that part is just really confusing when they were coming out. I was like, here's what HBO Max is. And it's like, HBO Max is not available in your country. And it's like, a motherfucker, I'm two minutes away from your country. All well, right? I, well, I will give s- me. Well, I will say I do like Crave because they have HBO stuff and Paramount stuff. So they're kind of a two, right. they're kind of a two for one streaming service that way. Which is so apparently that's that's why the Handmaid's Tale is both on Prime and Crave because uh, Handmaid's Tale is technically a Hulu original and Prime has that license somehow. Or I guess the show. So I guess it says they're being more aggressive with their licensing, I guess. But yeah, okay, I'm not that's, still very strange to me. That's, that's not going to last. Yeah. Um, but the, the reason it's annoying to me that you can't find anything you want is because of Netflix's origins as a rental service. I don't know if you mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever used a service like this, but I, like I never used Netflix back when it was a no. disc service, but my family used to use this service called Zip, which was very similar. You'd look at their catalog online, you'd pick what you wanted and then they'd send you a disc in the mail, you'd watch it, you'd return the disc and then they'd send you another one. Sometimes they send you two to three at a time, I think it was. You just kind of rented them. It was like Blockbuster, but through the mail. And that's what Netflix was too. Until they were like, yeah, this disc mailing thing is good, but what if we digitized our catalog and put it online just for people to Hmm. access at leisure? And that's where Netflix started. So the fact that they had all these discs and digitized their catalog so that people could get the stuff they wanted on demand and then they went to a point where you couldn't access things. And like, I don't know if Netflix's library was like this, but I know with Zip, for example, we were watching mostly classic TV from the 60s and 70s, like 60s, mm. 70s, 80s. Like those were most of the discs we were watching. And I don't know if Netflix's library was better. Actually, I think it was. Because when I first got Netflix in like 2011, I was watching a lot of classic shows from the 80s and stuff that they just don't have anymore. So they were good at one point and then they lost, they just, they got rid of all that. And I'm like, you just defeated the whole purpose of putting your stuff online in the first place. You just started focusing on generating new content and, uh, and originals. Whereas the reason I got it in the first place was to watch that back catalog of stuff. And that's where the streaming war started screwing everything up was the competition for original content when they just had to license the old stuff mm-hmm. to stream the like they were probably breaking even or even profitable hey i pay you you have to license to be able to stream these shows in the first place oh and then you started pouring millions of dollars into making original stuff that's not going to be sustainable mhm it's then, not at all. I just did a little experiment here just to see if I Love Lucy, just like an old 50 sitcom, was on anything. And it's on Prime, but you have to rent it. 
Yeah, that's not helpful. But their original Prime Prime movie about I Love Lucy is free. Make that call, make sense. Yeah. They call it Being the Ricardos, Being the I think Ricardos. it was called. Yeah, that's what it was uh Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch it. I hear it was okay. Not any I should because uh, I, I like I love Lucy. I'm a I'm a fan of that one. But uh, Great. we watched it in uh York. Oh yeah. They, watched that one episode. It was funny. We did? It was the one where she was pregnant. Yeah. Where she was announcing her pregnancy. Because it was a uh, was uh, that at York? I don't think so. It was it wasn't in the big, it wasn't in the big lecture hall. It wasn't in the big lecture hall, but it was in a uh it was in a different class I don't think you were in. Okay. We yeah, were talking about yeah, yeah, it was a different media class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was they were talking about how um they did, uh it was just like the history of this was like the first one to show um pregnancy on TV. women being pregnant on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And just depicting it. It's, it's a great show. <laughs> it's actually really funny. It still it still holds up, I think. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, I remember uh, the whole debacle when, uh, I know the office, I don't know, think, I don't think it's on American Netflix anymore, but I remember when friends was on Canadian Netflix since the beginning and then they were announcing they were taking it down. And then I think <laughs> like a week later, Crave picked it up or HBO picked it or they said they were moving over. Yeah. So yeah, it's just yeah, Crave. It's on Crave now. I know that they're still on Crave. Yeah. So it's just kind of like you have to keep track of where everything is, and that's also the like downside of the streaming war. Yeah, they just yeah, it should never have. Uh, they should never have made all these shows in the first place, because especially like in, in the beginning, like even <laughs> even in the beginning when they made those first couple that were big successes. They let them go on. Like House of Cards ran for six seasons or so and only stopped because Kevin yeah. cause Kevin Spacey got canceled. Because of why, Joe? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they tried to keep it going without him, but like that was back when Netflix would lose a main star and still try to keep a show going. Now they don't even let yeah. a show get past season one. But uh, Did you watch that final season? I didn't watch any of it. I watched like two episodes of that show, got bored and stopped. But... Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, but I was also no, like, I, remember. I was also like twelve, so I I wasn't really the target audience for House of Cards at the time. But yeah, and I never it takes you when you're when you're that young watching political show. It takes you a few tries to yeah. actually get into like some of the political drama. And I just never went back to see if it was actually good or if it was just my twelve year old brain being yeah. bored. But yeah, I think part of the problem First of is all, when they Kevin Spacey. Not a great person. Still a good show. <laughs> yeah, you could you could say that about tons of art. Not mm-hmm. not great people who worked on it, but that's a whole different. Everyone pod- sucks. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a whole different podcast. Should you still be able to enjoy things bad people made? That's that's maybe worth the discussion, but we'll see. Depending who you ask. <laughs> yeah, uh, but what I was going to say is, I think. The problems really began when they didn't just have good ideas to make anymore, but when this stuff started to be expected and they started shifting more towards content generation than just making good shows. Like, look at, I think. Are you talking about like the too hot to handle stuff or the content? Well, that stuff is just, is definitely just, is definitely content. But in my mind's eye, I'm thinking more what Disney Plus does. I think they're a way worse offender for this than Netflix is even. Whereas, like, 
Disney Plus has, they had what, six Marvel shows within a year? And a bunch of Star Wars shows too. Yeah. And they just keep announcing this stuff. And you know these are not all going to be gold. They didn't, like, look at those Marvel shows especially. They, most of them, I, I did not like the vast majority of them. Or if I even liked mm-hmm. them, I'm like, this could be, this could have been a lot better, better. if you just focused yeah. up. If this was the only show you did this year and you put, however, I was just reading that they, they were, like, they gave every show a movie budget, basically, that was like 100 to 150 million, <laughs> something like that. Um, so much money. This one from 2019 says Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Hawkeye will cost as much as $25 million per episode. Uh, You're Disney- telling me WandaVision? Had the- you tell me She-Hulk had the same budget as WandaVision? I doubt it. That's because they stopped. <laughs> they stopped caring. You know what? You know what? But You know what they did? But they paid all the money to Charlie Cox. <laughs> That's yeah. where I'm going in my brain. Because <laughs> he deserves it. Three was expensive. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, they clearly stopped caring at a point about making quality content and they just shifted to just putting stuff out there so it could be out there. Mm-hmm. Like, look back to the early yeah, it days. Felt, it of- did feel like they, it did feel like because when Disney Plus first launched, the only original thing they had, not even the first week, they didn't have Mandalorian yet. So it does feel like they're trying to play catch up with all the original content that they've produced. Yeah. Like okay. what? It came out in 2020, right? Three years later, they have so much original content. Yeah. I'll say even, for example, like, look at the Marvel shows, right? Look what they led with. Something like WandaVision is a show that Great. used its budget well, had a pretty solid concept that they knew exactly what they were doing. They were going to do different sitcom episodes per thing. Each episode was kind of a stage of grief going through Wanda's psyche. Like, they had a, a plan. history of film and television. Yeah. It was like, very good. It, like, they had a plan. They stuck to it. Fast forward to shows like She-Hulk, and you're like, okay, this is just something to watch. This isn't, like, I know somebody worked hard to make this, but it's also like, why are we here? Why did this get greenlit? Yeah. Like, this is clearly just something you're putting out to keep your service not being empty. Because people want to see her twerk with Megan the Stallion, Joe. Who? Tell me who. I'm not letting you get away with this. Do you tell me who or retract that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> Consider that a retraction. Are you vetoing my bit? Yes. <laughs> uh, this is a great podcast that I listen to where they have uh, every year they have like three vetoes, each of them, and they can veto each other's bit whenever they want. That's funny. <laughs> It's really good. We would uh, weekly plan it if everyone watches it, but fuck. I don't think some of our... <laughs> He's bit, like, who wants to watch it? You and I would do that at least <laughs> once a week, probably. Oh, man. Probably at least one rant we go Lord. on in each episode. You would have vetoed my oh. bit about Civil War at the very start. Yeah, or the very, I was about to say that. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Some stuff. <laughs> yeah, so like, going, harping on Disney for a sec, I was reading that they laid off about... 7,000 workers recently, about 3.6% of their total global workforce to try and save $5.5 billion in their overall company costs. Because And they recently reported their, their first loss in subscribers since the Disney Plus service began. And I, it reportedly already lost them over a billion dollars in the last couple of years. Because you're giving all these Marvel shows 
like that nobody really cares about, like She-Hulk and mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel and other ones that they that they did that clearly like what if clearly like could have been better too like there's so many that should have been better and you're giving movie level budgets just to put out there and clearly not enough people are watching these so of course you're having massive losses your your growth Mm -hmm. was never going to be sustained and like what's disney plus cost like 10 13 now 13 bucks a month 13.99 I don't yeah. know how many subscribers you have, but let's say it's equivalent to Netflix is 250 million. You're pumping out stupid amounts of money for what you're for mm-hmm. what you're doing. That's not sustainable. You're not going to get enough Marvel audience at this point. Marvel fans will watch these shows, but we're also you're putting out so much Marvel stuff, we're all getting sick of Marvel. So you're losing your hardcore fans and your shows aren't good enough to get new ones. That's the problem with the content. This is the streaming wars in a nutshell. They just keep putting stuff out to the point where people get sick. Yeah, to the point where people get sick of it, and then they can't bring in new people. So they just keep. It's just a steady Mm -hmm. stream of loss, and just it's investments that go nowhere. It's bad investing. They're throwing away money. Secret invasion looks interesting. (laughs) Yeah, they're not all going to be misses. Like I have liked some of them. I liked WandaVision, mm-hmm. I liked Hawkeye, I, I liked Moon Knight. I, some of them are okay, but... Falcon the Winter Soldier? I'm kidding. I'm taking that back. I took it back. Let's <laughs> not go don't, there again. Don't kill me. Watch our Black Panther episode where we, uh, where we ranked Marvel's Phase 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, that yeah, Moon Knight was really good. Talk. What if... Hawkeye was really good. Hawkeye... Uh, oh, oh you, didn't, you didn't watch it, Miss Marvel. Ms. Marvel, say. Loki. Mm. I'm excited for the Marvels movie because I liked her as uh, Miss Marvel. She was a great actress and a great character all around. So I'm excited to see her. Her show? Eh. But you know. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's, that's one I'm willing to go to, but I'm also like, I don't care about any of these characters. I'll see it. You can I'm... watch a compilation. Yeah, I'm like, I'll that's see it. my recommendation. I'll see the Marvels because I'm brand loyal, but I don't care anymore because you made too many movies and not enough of them were good. Like, I don't, do you think we'll be brand loyal by like 2050? 2050? Like, oh, hell holy no. shit. Hell, hell no. <laughs> Unless they get unpopular again, go back to making one movie, like one or two movies like every a couple reset. years. Yeah. Yeah. I won't be watching um, very much going forward. Like, I, we talked about this before, but like, Ryan and I are some of the original fans of this stuff. And it's starting to hit the point where we're, we're on these movies. Yeah, we're we're ripping on these movies all the time, and they're not really fun anymore. They're not really worth our time anymore in many ways, and it just it's just sad because it's the most popular thing. Tune out in there. next week when we review Ant Man: Quantumania. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> that will be the next one. I think. Uh, it's like the Marvel movie I'm going into where it's like. I don't want to see it, but I know I have to out of brand loyalty. I know. And I'm actually not not excited I'm about I'm hoping Quantumania. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm very excited for Jonathan Majors because I think he's great. It looks like one of the best things they've done in a while, but it also, mm-hmm. I wasn't very impressed with the last Ant-Man movie either. So hopefully it's going to be a good, good year for him because uh, Ant-Man and then Creed 3. Yeah. 
Okay, you know, and who knows what he's doing later on. So I got to double back to this because I, I did have a point in my mind here. Right, right, right. So they're pumping out 100 million or, or more per show here, and nobody cares. Now, I didn't watch a show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC, but let's compare that nope. to, like, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ran for seven seasons, and I'm sure it was a far cheaper show to make. They're not making much more of these shows. I don't even know if something like She-Hulk will get a season two. I know Loki's renewed for season two, but I don't know how many of these shows are getting season twos. Is it worth the investment? Really? A show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was probably less than a third the budget of, uh, of these shows for an entire season. Not talking, like, these Disney Plus shows are like $100 million million miniseries. Mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. probably didn't spend that much in an entire year, and it ran for yeah, it seven said years. said somewhere like $14 million for just the first episode, but it went down afterwards. And then season two was roughly $50 million. Yeah. 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 So, like, they're less than half the cost, and it's more in the vein of traditional TV where the budgets were actually spread out a little bit better. And, like, TV was cheaper. Maybe it's not as exciting, but it, like, they cared more. And, like, mm-hmm. because you were more strapped for cash, you actually had to do inventive things sometimes. Make That's funny. When you have, when you have the lowest budget of stuff, you come out with some of the best in terms of media. Yeah. Like, you- look at the film uh, Days Ex Machina mm-hmm. with the, uh, uh, Donald Glover, Oscar Isaac, and oh, what's her name? Alicia Vikander. Yeah, that's it. Oh God, that's it. No, you're yeah. right. Yeah, and that right. that movie, an amazing, beautiful movie, budget was ten million. Which yep. that's how much a movie should be made. You get creative. You put too much, and I think that's oh, why. Sorry, the- it's just called Ex Machina. My bad. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, this is an interesting point here. Donald I, Gleason, not Donald Glover, sorry. I Donald that, Gleason. I thought that I sounded that wrong. I'm like, I know Oscar Isaac. It'd be hilarious if Donald Glover was in it. <laughs> Deus Ex Machina starring Donald Glover. <laughs> it was the D and the G. I mixed up letter. It's whatever. I got two out of three right. <laughs> that's yeah. a passing grade. <laughs> yeah, I do think that's an interesting point. Because I think that's why the early seasons of uh, the streaming wars were good. Because they had that scarcity. Mm-hmm. These, these people still had something to lose. So they were making good shows, not overextending their budgets. And just, they were still making TV like it was TV. And then they got too rich, had too much to gamble. And their creatives weren't trying as hard to do something interesting. Because they could afford to do things the lazy way. So things got lazy. And less interesting. Yeah. And you just get a bunch of crap instead of lower budget mm-hmm. things that make an impression. Yeah, it's it's really strange because it's like, I love The Mandalorian just as a show, episodically. But for some reason, I'm not that hyped about season three. I don't know what it is. Me neither. I don't know. Maybe it's because... Book of Boba Fett stole a lot of the plot that should have been in Mandalorian season three, but I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just, and before anyone freaks out, it's definitely not because of Pedro Pascal. 
he is an icon and he always will be a television icon. Um, I made the whole TikTok about how he's probably one of the greatest television actors of all time. And some people got mad I said that. But if you look at his list in the last 10 to 20 years, he's been in probably some of the best television that there is. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the marketing isn't, again, even the marketing's not that much there. If I'm being honest. Not really. If you thought about when Disney Plus first starting, what was the marketing for Disney Plus? Crazy. It was Mando on the speeder. It was him. That's, that was the whole marketing. And Lady and the Tramp, but we don't talk about them. It, like that, that was their whole marketing was that. So, so I, don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just streamed out. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. You, the last you, of Us, you look at but, shows like, uh, like Andor. We were just talking about this earlier. They didn't even bother to market it. It's no. Like, it's like they don't care anymore. They just throw stuff up there and don't care if it fails. They probably expect it to fail because they're like, okay, well, we let, you know, the creatives of this show do what they want, but like, it's not going to do that well. So why even spend more money on marketing? We're just throwing more money after that at this point. So just if it finds an organic audience, that's lucky. If not, whatever. It's something out there. Yeah, it's another it's... Star War out there. So somebody will be happy. <sighs> yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> when you think about it, but I'm, I'm not going to like, I'm going to watch Mandalorian season three. Like that's a no brainer, but, but we're part of the problem. What it is. I'm just not as part of the problem. Are we? Yes. We keep like, I'm excited for this. it, but I don't know. Just like that trailer was just kind of not it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm going to have a hot and take. I liked season two. I, my hot take is I've never been huge on The Mandalorian to start. I've always liked it, but I never like loved it. So, I'm, Oh, I'm that's gonna... what people freaked out on me saying. I said uh, Mandalorian arguably saved the Star Wars franchise. Some people argued with me with that. And I was like, have you, do you not remember... The dark times <laughs> where Star Wars was at, <laughs> where Star Wars is at circa, around that time, circa 2017. Yeah, things were bad. Things were yeah. very bad. <laughs> it was not great. Those were bad uh, years for the fandom. This was post last 2017 to 2019 was not great. Look, I, I'm not gonna. You, you guys know I don't like the sequels by now, but like, can we objectively agree the Last Jedi tore this fandom in half? That was a dark time. Mm-hmm. Like, flame wars were at an all-time high, and then the Mandalorian came around to unite us all. That was the thing Star Wars fans came... Like, after all that division and hate, we're like, okay, this is pretty good. We can mostly agree on that, right? It was the dark times before the Empire. Oh, I don't remember the quote. The Empire's (laughs) fallen now, because Disney's stock price was... I was just looking up Disney's stock price. Nearly 200 bucks per share in 2021, less than 100 bucks per share at the end of 2022. They're caving fast, and I blame Disney Plus for a large part of this. So we can effectively afford some Disney stock, is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they caved less, wow. more than half in less than a year. And I mean, that's not just a Disney Plus thing. That's a whole brand thing. Also, I blame them. But it's I blame them on their movie releases too because they released, uh, No Way Home and West Side Story on the same day, back in 2021. Way to set one up which, for failure. No Way Home. Yeah. No Way Home was such a sleeper hit, man. 
And then also with, um, well, I guess, I don't, that's more stars. I was going to say the last duel, but that wasn't marked as well either. Oh, no, people didn't see that one because they thought it was something completely different. Yeah. I told my one, my one friend was expecting a medieval action movie, and I'm like, it's really more like a medieval legal drama with some action. And he's like, oh, I'm not seeing it then. It's a good movie. Oh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, it's Ridley Scott doing Ridley Scott things. Yeah, I liked House of Gucci. House of Gucci was more enjoyable that year, but I think Last Duel was better. Mm. I've still yet to see House of Gucci. Mm. What uh, one movie that I that reinvigorated my love. This is going a bit off topic, but reinvigorated yeah. my love of Steven Spielberg was um, Avengers of Tintin, like the mocap animation movie. Yeah, that's one I still haven't seen yet. I've it's good very good. Jamie Bell plays Tintin, and guess who plays his like sidekick as like a drunk pirate? Andy Serkis. Of course. Ah, yes, I do remember this. He's very good. One of the best character actors of all time. For sure. Yeah, so these, uh, these, uh, these yeah. streaming services, they're just not really... Like, are they really worth... Going back to Netflix, are they really worth an eight, like $8 increase a month for password sharing? I don't think no. so. Like, I'll watch this stuff as a loyal fan, but I'm not, I'm not paying 8 bucks a month more just to be able to... Watch it. It's not, there's not enough on there that I actually like now. It's, it's content. It's stuff to watch. But the stuff that blows me away is few and far between. I may as well just cancel Netflix now and bring it back when Stranger Things Season 5 is coming out. Because it's about the only thing I'm going to watch theirs in the coming year. Yeah. In the coming year or 2025, I even saw. But who knows if yeah. they're going to wait that long. Because... They're gonna need to pump it out because of this password sharing bullshit. Oh yeah, and then there was the then there was the shit they pulled the other year where they made a a tier for advertisements. Did they? I know they were talking about it. I think there that does. Oh my god! That I should have uh, researched better. Sorry. That's all right. Uh. But man, these streaming war it's just been so crazy because they've all in a way failed. <laughs> like each streaming service in a way has failed because there's so many different types of content that you want to go to. And, you know, a lot of people can't afford all these streaming services. So they either have to pick one or they just pick one, watch what they want to watch, cancel that, then go to this station, cancel that. And even like I don't have all the streaming services still. I still don't have Paramount Plus which I hear has all the, you know, really good movies, has the really shit Halo show, but has all the really good, um, like, yeah. movies there, like God, uh, God of, I almost said God of War, Godfather, mm-hmm. uh, and um, Top Gun Maverick. Okay, so... Yeah, it's just... So Netflix with ads is here. The streaming giant unveiled Basic with ads. It's much-anticipated ad-supported subscription plan. Uh, so it's cheaper, seven bucks a month. American and um, has ads. So, yeah. So, you know why that pisses me off is that Netflix, to quote Star Wars, became the very thing they swore to destroy. <laughs> Netflix replaced TV just to become TV. <laughs> they have ads now. 
they they have shitty content yeah. just to plug up space. They have executives that can things with no warning instead of just like they started out as the service that was like everything's on demand. No, you pay so you don't have ads. We we trust in the creators more, so we have like more creator driven things and don't just shit can things when they're not doing that well. Like we they started off as the anti TV only to become TV. And all the other streaming services are doing the same thing. They're just a step up from TV because at least all their libraries are all in one place and you can go back and binge stuff if you want. And sometimes you have things that you like on there. Not everything, as we talked about, but like there's enough libraries on there you can get on demand. Like they're just TV, but a step up. Yeah, you should uh, you should cut into the Revenge of the Sith scene, but have Netflix symbol over Anakin and then the fans over Obi-Wan. <laughs> <laughs> yes and now it's become the very thing you swore to destroy yes you know you not take it from me. i just find it funny like so in our discussion of all this justin and i were talking about the life cycle of media and we were saying how mm-hmm. once there was tv and then the internet came around and then with the internet came piracy <laughs> Because piracy was better than TV, and then streaming came around, and then streaming came around as, and that was better than piracy. Oh, so people moved to streaming. Now piracy is better than streaming again. So piracy is gonna be where we're gonna go next. We're gonna go back to piracy, probably. I'm not advocating for piracy. The close-up um, management says I can't do that live on air. <laughs> And uh, management, I would mean you (laughs) uh, like Ron Burgundy. I would never say that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that's where we're probably going to be moving back to until the next good alternative to streaming comes along, which I don't know what that'll be. Uh, That or the company. Password sharing, and we're good. <laughs> that or the company, the companies can just give in and give us uh, all our media for free, or at least all the old stuff. <laughs> like anything older than five years, just make it available. Yeah, not, not like rights and this available. Is where I think, like, you don't have to. You can still copyright strike us. You can still make claims or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. you can have it available to stream for free or whatever. Yeah. This is where I think uh, my one friend is a huge advocate for this, but um, same uh, Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Uh, he's a huge advocate for owning physical media now, especially 4K stuff because yes. he's just into that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, just to be able, it is a bit of a chunk of change, but it is an investment. You know, I just recently bought like the Snyder verse or the Snyder trilogy on 4k. Just, I really wanted this cause I don't trust HBO to hold it on for forever, but might as well just had these. Yeah. And now I've just kind of been, I think I bought the Batman animated series because I couldn't find it anywhere. Okay. So I just said, fuck it. I'll just buy it. I'm gonna and g- then now I just have it. I'm going to give you a perfect example here. Friends was one of the most, arguably the most popular mm-hmm. show on Netflix for the longest time. Right? So, how many times over the course of the, the time Friends was on Netflix, 
like let's say Netflix it, was it on from the very beginning? So we'll say over ten years. Uh I'm going to assume so, but I can't confirm that. How many times I'm have going you to assume? How many times have you rewatched Netflix Friends on Netflix over the years? You personally, because I know you've rewatched it a lot. Six six times. Okay, so you rewatched Friends <laughs> six times in the last ten years, we'll say. And uh, if you were paying for Netflix, that means you would have paid over, okay, for a whole year. Let's say, let's round up to 120 bucks. And let's say you watched it once a year, six times in six years. Mm -hmm. So that's 240, 360, six, seven. So let's say if you paid for Netflix, that's six years. It would cost you 720 bucks to watch Friends. Or you could just pay like 120 bucks and have those physical media forever. And if that's the show you're going to Netflix to rewatch over and over and over, if you buy that physical media, it's so much cheaper in the long run than a monthly subscription. Mm -hmm. If you're really just going to do it for one thing. Yeah. If you watch a bunch of stuff, have at it. Sure. Maybe it's worth it. But for the people who just pick the things they like and keep rewatching them, physical media is the way to go. For sure, 100%. Like, uh, I don't know how long streaming service is going to last, but and if and if they all close down, it, it'll be it'll be sad that we won't be able to. And then we'll just go back to those, you know, those DVD eras. I remember because this was before streaming that every year I would buy. Uh, the new season of Game of Thrones for my family for Christmas, mm. specifically my dad. And now, so now we just have all, we just have all the seasons at home, which, yeah. and whenever I go to visit, and if my dad's ever watching Game of Thrones, it's never on stream. It's always just with the physical disc. I don't know if he's just gotten used to that or if it's just, you, you know, know it's just what he knows, right? Truth be told, physical disc is also higher quality. Because streaming services do mm -hmm. not stream in well, the best, the thing too. in the very best qualities. You're coming down from the internet. They can only store so much on their servers, so they don't put the best version of whatever it is on their servers. You're streaming an inferior version. Disc is the mm -hmm. best version you can get on at home. So yeah, it's a huge investment. And right now, Jesus Christ, 4K for Game of Thrones. It's like going for like hundreds of dollars. Uh. But yeah, I was even telling you this where you, there's a huge difference. A, there's a guy on YouTube who actually does a good comparison where he streamed it off of Crave, which now they do on like Roku TV. They finally do 4K, which is great. Um, and he did a comparison with the disc. It's The disc is a little bit better because the stream has actually gotten better, but it's just the compression as a whole. Yes. And also the audio is compressed into it as well. And um, right now I'm watching the Lord of Rings extended cut but it's also in 4K. Also, that's digital as well. So there's a part of it that's downloaded and not fully streamed, but it's also, like, it's not fully compressed. But, you know, if you're doing back side to side, it's not that big a difference, but it is such an investment. The thing, if, the thing with physical media for me, it's just nice to have kind of on the shelf, like, oh, now you have it here. It'll probably last forever if you take care of the DVD more. And once you buy it and it's here on the shelf, you just kind of have like, it's nice to have that option, especially with a show like Batman the Animated Series, which is something I want to watch for my entire life, but I could never find. And I just bit the bullet and bought the Blu-ray 
and I've I've been loving it. I haven't gone back. I've watched a recent episode. I can't remember what it is. I have to look at, look at it, but it was a good episode. And um, I it's 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 great. Physical media is what I grew up on. It's it's whenever I went to the mall, it was either to buy a video game or to buy a movie. Like that's what I went to the mall for as a kid. And it's kind of reinvigorated my love of physical media. So I'm I hope I hope more people and it's, it is a chunk of change. So it's not like it's not an easy thing to get into. To be clear, it doesn't really work for it. new it doesn't really work for new shows that are coming out. You're not gonna stream them in. You're not gonna wait till Mandalorian's no. over to get physical media. It also doesn't help no. that a lot of these streaming services don't offer physical media for stuff anymore. Like the stuff they I don't think the Mandalorian is on physical. That's one of, yeah, that's what I was getting to is they don't offer physical media for things any like I know Netflix used to. And that's another thing that pisses me off. I look at uh, one of my favorite shows of all time is Daredevil. They've got physical media for all three seasons, but good luck finding a DVD for the third season because obviously that's when they started transitioning out of doing physical releases for stuff on their platform. Mm -hmm. These companies want you to be able to find their stuff exclusively on the platform. They do not like physical media because that means... You don't have to watch stuff on their platform. That's how these things get you. Like we were talking about with that Friends example, a one-time... Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a disc here for Mandalorian, but it looks fake as hell. Yeah. So I don't believe they're releasing it at all. A one-time purchase is not good for them. They want you to keep paying that monthly no. fee over and over until the end of time if you want to watch something. So support physical media of what you like while it's still out there. Because if these companies have their way, they're not going to want to let you have that one-time payment option. They're going to phase that out as quick as possible. In the last 10 years, physical media has pretty much already been phased out. It's just holdouts like us that still believe in it. Because we're a little old-fashioned. And we think it's just genuinely better. When it, Once you believe it, you actually own it. You're not just renting it for a constant fee. Yeah. So... And like again, over time, what like when did Justice League uh come out? Snyder Cut, twenty twenty one. Yeah, something like that. I believe it was. Yeah, twenty twenty one. So over time, it just and it was like what I think it was like forty bucks, not even. Yeah. Like I've definitely made the money off of that. I could have bought it when it first came out. You know, I, <laughs> if yeah. you think about it. And the the thing with I will say in terms of four K is just. Try not to buy if you're getting going to get into 4K media. I don't know if it's um, practical to buy newer stuff because newer stuff is more into 2K right now when when they're just in general, just streaming stuff. And if you bump it up to 4K, it's not that big of a difference. Like you'll see a difference, but it's not huge in terms of resolution. It'd be more of smoothness. But with the Lord of the Rings, it looks like it was shot today, man. It's insane how. Like, and again, there might be a difference because Peter Jackson went back and helped color grade it for the 4K resolution, um, uh, like rebranding Remaster. and whatnot. But my friend told me um, he has Casablanca in 4K mm. and he says it looks insane. Like, it looks like it was shot today. I almost want to go over to his house and just watch it because I think that's a great movie. We watched that at York. Great film. Yeah. Play it again, Sam.
I don't think that was much actually better than said in the movie. Fucking, what's it called? That that wasn't yeah, actually. Nope. That's one of those famous things you know, that was the, never actually said. What's it not? What the fuck? Yep, that's one of those. It. It's one of those things like Luke, I am your father. What does she say then? No, not the film, you idiot. Not the film called Play It Again, Sam. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, it's just Play It, Sam. It's not Play It Again, Sam. But that's one of those. That's one of those weird cultural things where everybody <laughs> thinks things. that's the line. But there's a movie called Play It Again, Sam. So maybe that's it. Mm. That's why people get confused. Whatever. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she, she walks in the mine. mine. Yeah. It's oh. a great film. Much oh. better than Citizen Kane. There, I said it. <laughs> Yikes. I don't know about Citizen that. Kane does wonders in terms of filmmaking and how they did all the camera work and all that. But holy crap, is it long? <laughs> the only time <laughs> I remember Steven, one of our friends, he said he woke up when the bird screeched. <laughs> Everyone remember the bird screech in that movie? Uh... Woke his ass up. But Steven also woke didn't up like a lot of people. I remember Steven also didn't like 2001 A Space Odyssey. He thought that was too slow for him to. I didn't so. I didn't stay for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd already um, seen it. I remember so I we had to watch Hugo. I remember that. I don't know if I still still if I stayed for that one. That was okay. Yeah. I tried to force Steven to watch Star Wars and he kept falling asleep. <laughs> the son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, Steven. Come on, man. I don't know if you listen to this. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, okay. So what's ne- yeah. what's it's next? After- too. We love physical media. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the thing at the end. The streaming wars are dying, and in its remnants is physical media. Run through the rubble and pick up all the Blu-rays you can. Oh, that reminds me. My brother worked at a junkyard once, and someone threw out an N64 with the games. Oh, brother! So now we now so now he just owns an N64 with with like GoldenEye, I think Super Mario or something. Oh, the good games. He just owns it. The good games, yeah. It's like some angry mom or wife just threw it out. Ocarina of Time. He didn't. That was not in there though. It's a bunch of random games, but some, GoldenEye was in there. Some like, Zelda game. Whoa. I hope. Yeah, it was it was so strange because I don't because technically he wasn't they're not allowed to do that. But he's like, it's an N64. I'm doing it. I'm taking this. Yeah, of yeah. course, they're not allowed to do it, but like they do it. This is history. You throw away history. Yeah. What arguably saved gaming. Yeah. Or was that? No, that was before. Was it what was before the SNES? Whatever. It doesn't SNES matter. It's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> You can me. Nintendo saved gaming. All right, we get it. Nintendo saved gaming, and now they're behind. <laughs> no, Nintendo's the most innovative. Well, they're personally. they've up. They're they're the best. They sold the most. Uh, they sold the most um, sold console of all time, which is argu- which is the Wii. Not statistically. Surprised. Everybody I know had a because Wii it back pandered. In the day. It pandered to everybody. It pandered to gamers and family. Yeah, like so everybody smart. I know had and a it Wii. Included back Wii in the Sports. Day. It was, yeah classic game genius yeah uh so what's after streaming uh the streaming wars are dying so you know after piracy for a while (laughs) what's what's the next thing my money's on vr or ar 
in the long haul. One thing we can agree on, piracy will never die. No, piracy is always going to be what's in the middle until something, like, good that's legal comes along. People, I think, mm. will want to do the legal thing if the legal thing is worth their while, but when, thing, when people... I bet you someone's going to create, like, an auto-key generator for, like, the password um, sharing thing. There's something like, something like that. I don't know how okay. they'll create something like that. It was, like, connect to your home network over there, and or maybe that'd be too hacky. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'm just coming, <laughs> putting well, this on the top people, of my head. People know how to use VPNs. Stuff like that. That's true. So, so you kind of know how to redirect your IP addresses. Yeah, your money's on uh, money's on VR, huh? Or AR. What's AR? Augmented reality. Augmented reality, right? Personally, I'm more, I don't know. I'm more of a fan of augmented I don't know reality if I would myself, want to, but yeah, I don't know if I want to put on a headset and then be virtually in a movie theater watching a movie. <laughs> I feel like that'd be that's a little too meta. <laughs> that's too meta for me. Yeah, I just, I don't know what else is, I don't know how else you, like, the internet tried to do this streaming thing, this was the internet's answer to classic broadcast media, and it just became the same thing, but only slightly better, so I don't know where, Yeah. like, I guess, I think the metaverse is the only other place to go. I guess, for right now. Because I don't I'll know. I'll only do augmented reality if it's uh, the same in that community episode. Where it's the dean and he's like in and the Jesus what on the running channel. <laughs> I've done Stop two community Jesus references wept. the past two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good show. It's fantastic. For there were no more worlds to conquer. <laughs> okay. Oh man. I love how that character's just in love with Jeff. <laughs> but oh, it's, it's so, never like addressed. It's so good. It just it started Even in off shadow. Look at his shadow! <laughs> it started off subtle and then just got more obvious as the series went, which is funny. Oh, man. Six seasons in a movie! One of my favorite things about the Dean is, like, it's funnier in hindsight that it, the first time he puts on a costume, he opens, up, he opens up his closet and looks at the costume, and he pulls it out, and he's like, I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. <laughs> and that's the first time he puts on a costume. <laughs> so it, that's a, that joke is better in hindsight. Oh, community movie will begin filming this summer. Good. Joe McHale will return. Allison Brie, Jillian Jacobs, Danny Pudi, Jim Rash, and Ken John. <sighs> I heard there was a. Where's new... Donald Glover? <laughs> I know. And Lavar Burton. And Lavar Burton. I heard there was a new rom-com movie starring Allison Brie and Danny Pudi that's come out. Um, I want to see that one. I've heard it's okay. Uh, somebody I used to know? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. I hear they're like best friends. Yeah, they get on. They have great chemistry. We're off topic. Mm -hmm. That's a streaming movie, though, but I want to see it. <laughs> Damn. It's on Prime. <laughs> is it going to? Oh, my Son God. Son of a bitch. See, we don't know. This is the other problem. It's like, which stream platform is it? And then you do the Google, and it's like, rent from YouTube for $5. It's like, no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> I think it's on Prime, and I don't like that it's on Prime, and I don't like that I'm going to watch a movie on Prime. But yeah, the streaming wars. Watch so the you on know, Prime. Uh, Invincible. Yeah, eventually. 
but yeah, so the streaming wars, uh, they're, they're dying because they're just, they're not worth it to people. They put out too much over the years. They've overextended themselves. And uh, as Justin aptly put earlier, Netflix is making us pay for their bad business decisions. They're making us pay $8 a month extra out of desperation because they messed mm-hmm. up their own company. And if we let them get away with it, everybody else is going to try to do that too. Password sharing is going to be dead, which means streaming in general is going to have a tough road ahead because people are not going to pay for it. People are going to just start cutting down the, oh, I'll pay for uh, Netflix this month, Amazon the next, uh, Disney for this one, just when they want things. They're going to lose so many subscribers. Yeah. Consistent subscribers specifically. More than half. Right now we pay. Yeah. Right now somebody I know is paying for these services year round, but it's going to come a time when they're just paying for one service at a time whenever they want it. How much money is it? Mm-hmm. How much money is this worth to them? This password sharing is going to lose you so much money. I love how they try to market it too. They were like, "This has become a huge problem, and we need to fix it." Yeah, it's become a problem for you. It's not a problem for us. <laughs> like it's a, just a, and they keep trying to market it as like it'll fix, you know, hackers or whatnot. And it's like that's not no, the problem. It's just it's not the problem. You're just trying to make up for all the money you keep losing. We keep greenlighting these shows and then canceling these shows and then waiting ten fucking years to do the next big one. Why don't you it's just, just like manage your brands better? Just make good content. Make <laughs> yeah, ma- make good affordable content for you. Don't make yeah. so much content. Just pick a few things, do them really well. People will watch. Don't bankrupt yourself to do them. And, you know, maybe focus more on your library of back catalog, which is mostly what people are there for in the first place. Mm-hmm. We don't need that much content. There's too much content in the world right now. Just, or if you're going to do content, do it on something like YouTube where people are watching for free. And you can oh gosh, build <laughs> like Star Wars TikTok show. I don't know. Cobra Kai goes back onto YouTube for the final season. <laughs> yeah, why not? I'm shocked they that Cobra Kai is another example. Like that would not have lasted if like they didn't they bought it for season three. It wouldn't have lasted if it mm-hmm. started on Netflix. No, that's one of those weird ones that. Yeah, final season, baby coming this summer they said cobra kai would never die it's just being put to rest oh god sorry (laughs) it's a little dark (laughs) but you're not wrong okay i think we're done i mean netflix hire us to make good content but oh yeah please i'll I'll work i'll work for you i know i called you uh, i know i called you names earlier but i'll I'll still work for you i'll i'll take your money to make things we're just not one Happily. of those people who just like suck up to like every Hollywood thing, you know? We're going to call you out on your bullshit. No, which I think is fair. Yeah. And we we actually liked you at the start and we want mm-hmm. to like you, but it's just we're we're Again, struggling. Yeah. You've grown up to be the thing you swore to destroy. <laughs> and now we're stand- we Star Wars and everything. Oh yeah, now we're uh we're Obi-Wan Kenobi standing on the on the pit. They're down there. You underestimate my power. Mm. Don't try it, Netflix. We have the high ground. Don't try it. (laughs) 
We're holding. We have our- the delete account button. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Anakin, and then Netflix slash Anakin jumps up on the hill. We chop off all its limbs, and then when we see the lightsaber in the thing that we pick up, it's our money. <laughs> it's our money, <laughs> and we walk away. And the only things that are left alive are like Stranger Things and like Sex Education. <laughs> like the only two like good properties are going for right now. Yeah. So when oh, we man. so when we I chop of another one. So when we chop Cobra off Kai, Anakin, sorry. yeah. So when we chop off Anakin's limbs, it's uh, the Witcher, Cobra Kai, and Stranger Things. And then, uh, oh em- man! And then uh, Emperor Palpatine will come to find the husk of his body, and they'll just be like one of those shows that I can't think Even, of. Like, yeah, it'll, it'll be like, uh, what's a what's a random Netflix show that people like? Gina and Georgie, whatever it's called. Gina and Georgie. Georgie. So it'll just be like that one. Like, it's still alive. Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Riverdale's still alive after like eight seasons. Yeah, but then it becomes the evil version. Oh, of itself. Then it becomes the most evil version of itself. Even with like The Witcher 2, like this is more on the production side, but the creators themselves don't like the source material and try to make their own stuff. Exactly. Or like they try to rewrite stuff that they thought was better. That's, that's all... why Henry Cavill is leaving. No, they, that's they... a whole different. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Like this is just a problem with entertainment in general is like I know it's a problem at Marvel too. Like Kevin Feige straight up admitted mm-hmm. he hires people who don't read the comics because he wants different takes. Which does explain things. Like, Are you tell me that's why the scrolls suck. <laughs> yeah, this is the a problem. I mean, this is a problem across the board in modern entertainment. But you know what? Forget it. Okay, we're we talked about streaming enough. All the uh, mar- all his Marvel paychecks though go to each hat, every new hat for each new project. We'll spend a. Do you think at home he one? has like? Do you think at home he has got like one nightstand to, dedicated to each hat? as you start from the beginning or is it like a mannequin head <laughs> it's just i feel like i would put money into that just like this is my legacy <laughs> this is all these hats yeah yeah he just has a hat closet it's like another one kevin like his wife is like leave me alone anyway yeah. this is my legacy legacy i was about to do hamilton but you haven't seen it Joe. <laughs> Did we talk about that on air or off air? Or are you outing me now? I don't know. I don't know, but that's fine. You can, you can, Whatever. you're allowed to not see things. It's been a long, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Sound of Music. There, I'll put that out there. I haven't seen Titanic. I'll do it again. It was just playing in I've theaters on the 25th anniversary. I don't care. I'm not waiting three hours for a boat to sink. Anyway, spoilers! Ryan Walker Vision. <laughs> Joe, what happened in real life? Anyway, what? <laughs> what Jack, do you mean? Jack and Rose are real? <laughs> no, <laughs> actually, they're not. Actually, I have been to the Titanic. I have been to the Titanic grave sites, and there is a grave named Jack Dawson, which they showed us on the tour. Wow. Oh yeah, I think they took like the names or something. That's yeah. I have seen that grave. Yeah. Let's see. Where's Avatar: Way of Water? box office right now way of water before we close out here i'm sorry for your editing <laughs> way of water. another hour and a half box episode office. i hope you like these longer episodes. joe does all the work 2.179 billion i don't get it i don't get it 
<laughs> All-time box office. Does that mean it's still fourth? I think so. Yeah, it's just under Titanic. Oh, it's going to beat it, though. It's only like a couple, 10 million away. That's bullshit. Why is Avatar number one? It came back in the... That shouldn't count. Whatever. So James Cameron has the top three? He's got the top four. Avengers Endgame is second, technically. Uh. I still say it's number one, because real releases, in my mind, don't matter. Anyway. All right, well, you can find me at Ryan Walker Official on Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at ThoughtPlay Media. Also, check out the Close Up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on the show. If you listen to us in audio, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews, as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button or sharing if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next Close Up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. Hey there, are you still watching? No. Go home. Why are you still here? Ferris Bueller, if you didn't know. Oh, that's my... Yeah. I was doing a little Netflix, like, are you still here? Oh, that... (laughs)